Okay, so <clears throat> this question as to why Hashem created us, what we're doing here, what life's about, is probably the single most pivotal question you will ever ask in your life. Um, I have a muscle that I love to imagine for a minute. Imagine you're walking on a beach, and suddenly you see a long, robed person far off. It comes closer and closer, and the image becomes stronger and stronger. And suddenly you see it's a malach. Oh my goodness, a malach. Shafer, you what? I was sent to tell you. Yeah, well, what? I was sent to tell you why Hashem created you. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Hashem created you to make lots of money. More money than you can imagine. More money you could ever spend in your children's, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren's life. That's why you put on the earth. Now, I kind of doubt a malach is going to appear to me. And I certainly doubt he's going to say that. But you have to imagine, if that was the response that I heard from a baskol, from a malach, I would focus my life exactly at that point, making money. But assuming that that's not the purpose of my life, I sure had better know what the purpose is, because otherwise, everything that I do during my life really is to be questioned. In other words, if in fact there's a very exact purpose, and I'm living my life for any other reason, it's very, very questionable what I'm doing. And more than that, I'm going to wake up at at 80 or 70 or 60 or some point as that gentleman did and I'm going to say the words Rabbi, according to what you just said I wasted my entire life so <clears throat> what we're going to deal with here um, and by the way do you appreciate the fact that it's astonishing that people don't ask this question Go ahead, yeah. well, let's say that an angel did come maybe not to you but maybe to Elon Musk so then he's doing what he, so, the exactly. I doubt an angel's coming to Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's not saying, Elon Musk, you were put on the world to make money. Maybe that's what he wanted to well, maybe he was. I sincerely, sincerely doubt it. I, I mean, again, um, I don't think so. But let, let's let the Derek Hashem sort of guide us a little bit as to why Hashem created us, what life's about, and hopefully we'll, we'll get a clearer picture than, uh, than so far. Okay. So Tachlis Abriya, the purpose in creation. So Hashem says, "In a Haya, the purpose in creation, the reason why Hashem created the world, to give of His good to others." There's one reason and one reason only that Hashem made the world, and that is to give of His good to others. No other reason, no other purpose. Now, if you in the beginning of Masil Shishem, he said the opposite. Okay. Okay, let's let's go slow, slow, one step at a time. Okay, so again, yeah. <laughs> Point number one: before anything else, the reason, if you want to, why Hashem created the world, it's one reason to be a native, to give, to share of His good with others. Let's start back for a minute. <clears throat> Any definition that we have of Hashem by by definition is going to be lacking. We spent a number of times, a number of sessions discussing this that. Um, any understanding that we have of Hashem is only through our frame of reference. We relate to the world through our senses, through our understanding. And Hashem is boundless beyond any limitation, beyond any configuration or anything we can imagine. So our ability to understand Hashem is definitely limited. However, this we understand, that Hashem lacks nothing. Because Hashem lacks nothing, there is nothing in existence that I could ever do to give to Hashem. There's nothing that Hashem lacks, nothing that Hashem needs, nothing that Hashem <coughs> doesn't have, so there's nothing that I could possibly give to Hashem, and there's no reason for Hashem to create a world for any reason other than to be the native, to give, to share of His good with with others, with, and we'll see in a minute, with, with people. Um, now, 
If you want to have... wants us to do mitzvahs. Why, why is a good question. Why is a very good question. Why, why does Hashem want us to do mitzvahs is a wonderful question. And we, we should hopefully get to there. Hopefully you won't leave tonight and say, no mitzvahs. Um, right? Hopefully we'll get past that. But <clears throat> one thing for sure. The reason, and the reason only, is because Hashem is the mate, Hashem is the giver, and Hashem wants to share of His good with others. If you want to understand fundamentally the relationship of Hashem to any of us or any other creation, I have one simple muscle. Um, when I was nine years old, I had a life mission. My life mission was to get the James Bond briefcase. Now, this James Bond briefcase was the best of the best. I mean, it, it shot a missile right from the... You pulled the trigger on, on, on the handle over here, and it shot a missile right... At this. Okay, anyway, my parents agreed for my birthday to get it to me, and lo and behold, October 17th comes about, and I knew that the, it was somewhere in the house. And I searched high and low, every closet, every... Anyway, the deal was, I don't get it till my father comes home. 5.30, my father comes in the door. And I'm looking, where, where? Anyway, my father gives me the present. And I was the coolest kid on the block with my own James Bond briefcase. Okay. Now, why do I share that with you? All of us have gotten birthday presents. All of us have gotten presents and things. All of us know how to tie our shoes. All of us know how to eat, how to, how to sleep, how to take care of ourselves. Um, and there's only one reason why. And that's because we all had parents. And we all had parents who took care of us, who did things for us. Um, you can take a baby and leave a baby in a room, take care of the baby's needs, but by 24 months for sure, the baby will know how to walk. Between 12 months and 24 months, without teaching, <clears throat> without helping, the baby will learn how to toddle and learn how to walk on its own. However, you can leave a baby in a room for 100 years with a 1,000 books. It will never learn how to read unless someone teaches that baby how to read. Now, I read. I read English. I read Hebrew. Only one reason, because my mother sat with me as a kid on the floor, and here, Olive, Bayes, Gimel, Dalit, and she taught me how to read. The simple reality is that not every kid in the world knows how to read. The UNICEF site quotes now that 275 million children do not know how to read, because they don't have parents who know how to... Often because they don't have parents who are literate. We had... um, this is an aside. Um, when I wrote the Stop Surviving Start Living book, so it was translated into Spanish. Now, I spend a lot of time at the computer. We had a Spanish cleaning girl, and I often wondered to myself, what does she think I do all day? What I play uh, video games? So anyway, when the book was translated into Spanish, so I, I had felt good because I showed it to her. I said, see, I, I wrote this book, and I got a blank stare. I said, no, you see, this book, this book, I, I, I write the book. Blank stare. I, I write the, the book. Now, the reason why I got a blank stare was because she was illiterate in Spanish. She couldn't read Spanish. That was her mother tongue, the only language she spoke. So when you realize the fact that I read, I write, I, I know how to tie my shoes, I have basic social skills, I have, there's only one reason, because I have parents. And every one of us have parents. And when you think about the amount of good that we are the recipients of, the amount of benefit that we receive, the unending amount of appreciation we should have, it's beyond description. Now, because it's the United States of America, everything has to be measured in dollars and cents. What does it cost today to raise a kid? So um, if you go on most of the financial websites, they say about $250,000. 
You cannot raise a kid in the from world for $250,000. No way. I did the math. Hey, we'll do the math real quick. Yeshiva tuition. You're paying $15,000 a year, $20,000 a year. I'm gonna, you got it off easy. You got to $10,000 a year. You got at least 12, 13 years of tuition. <clears throat> Somewhere around $180,000. We'll give it easy. We'll give you $120,000. Day camp or sleep away. Uh, you got $3,000 to $5,000 a year. <clears throat> Eight years of that. A bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah, you got whatever that costs, 5000 10000 clothing, forget about it, food, forget about it, seminary. Did you say a wedding alone is almost $100,000? Uh, I wedding, I'm, I'm only up to seminary, 25000 College or yeshiva, 100000 Wedding, okay. I do not believe, 500000 maybe if you scrape by, but it is pretty simple to spend $1 million to bring a, a child up in this world. Okay, now, but folks, here's the point. Adjusting for inflation dollars, I am the recipient of that much good. Meaning to say, I went through a yeshiva education, I had food and clothing and camp and everything, and that means at least $1 million in today's dollars was spent on me by my parents. Um, every, and, and really the truth is, I'm really being facetious, because money can't, can't begin to touch the most important aspect, and that is love, concern, care. The simple reality is that we are normal human beings. We are fully functional because we had parents who took care of us, parents who loved us. And I know everybody has a, an abuse story of my parents. One time my mother looked at me the wrong way. I'm abused. I, I got it. But, but despite that, if you measure the untold amount of good that we have received from our parents, it is beyond description. Now, here's the punchline. What did your parents ask for in return? Respect. I can tell you from my parents. You know what my parents asked for in return? Nothing. They didn't expect anything. They didn't want. There was only one thing they wanted. They wanted me to be a mensch. They wanted me to be a uh, grandchild. They wanted. <laughs> you know, you say nachas. There's only one reason they did it. They were. They wanted my betterment. Now, it's the most one-sided, the most lopsided relationship you've ever seen in existence. I receive, receive, receive. They give, they give, they give. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. So that's it's a little sad. Now, if you listen to last week's issues on a parish, we talked about Kibbutz Esav, and, and that is that it's, it's a major avoda to learn to be appreciative, and it's rather ironic that we're not. But the point here now has nothing to do with that. The point here is, if you'd like to understand... Hashem's relationship to the world and ultimately Hashem's relationship to me it's exactly the parent to the child there's one thing that Hashem wants I can give Hashem nothing there's nothing that Hashem lacks nothing that Hashem needs nothing that, that, that I could possibly ever give to Hashem there's only one thing that Hashem wants our betterment Hashem is the native Hashem is the giver Hashem created the entire world for one reason to give, to share and everything that exists was only created for that reason, and that reason only. Now, um, if we ever got this, do you understand, A, how happy we'd be? B, how much life would fundamentally make sense? You see, watch this. What's everybody, uh, you know, I get the emails and I get the phone calls, Rabbi, the Torah is so mean, Hashem hates me, I, why not, you know, either I'm not married or I am married, you know, if I'm not married, how come I'm not married? If I am married, why do you give me that witch? If I'm not, you know, it just, it, it never ends. It, so, so, number one, if you understand that Hashem is a native and created everything for that reason alone, 
number one, uh, all of the tainas and all the complaints start to, to weaken uh, an awful lot. Number two, any questions as to why does he want me to do this and why do that? Now, we're not getting into any particulars at this moment, but could you imagine for a minute, <clears throat> let's, let's imagine for a minute that I really got this, that Hashem created me for one reason and one ro- reason only, for my betterment, for me to enjoy for eternity who I could be. And I knew that obviously then everything that Hashem tells me to do is for my good, everything Hashem warns me against is for my bad. So let's say I do understand or I don't understand. Yeah, I'm wearing these things called sitzits. Why should I wear these things? I don't know. I don't understand why. Okay, so what? Hashem told me it's my good. And more than that, all that Hashem wants is for my betterment. It's like, what's your problem, Shafer? Just shut up and do it. Like, what, what's, the, what's the issue? Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, um, if you listen to the Shmuz, you'll know I never, ever, ever, ever approach Judaism this way. Because we're supposed to understand the mitzvahs, and we're supposed to understand everything, and we're supposed to use our brain as much as we can to, to delve into things. But from, from 35,000 feet, once I get it, that Hashem made me for one reason, because Hashem's the mative, Hashem's the giver, and everything that Hashem commanded is for my betterment, everything Hashem warned me again is because it's my detriment, it's so fanyan, there's nothing to talk about. There are no, no questions, no issues, no stuff, no... Um, do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, um, unfortunately, though, we can't stop here. Um, if we could, again, it'd be very nice, and we'd have an answer to all of life's questions, but we can't stop here because this doesn't really answer much at all. Because if you look out at the world, um, let's start with the first question. Um, the first question is, if Hashem created the entire world for one reason, just to give to man, then Hashem blew it. Right? I mean, I don't know, you know, so I grew up, Stevie Wonder used to be the, you know, so Stevie Wonder had the smile on his face all day long, but other than Stevie Wonder, I don't know anyone who walks around all day, wow, life is great, wow, wow, life is wonderful, wow, life is, no, but, but, <laughs> yeah, but but then they come down, and and then it's you know, and then it's not so happy days, and it's not so you know, so so here's the question: um, Hashem is clearly quite quite capable. I look at a world that's so complex, so harmonious, such systems and such integration. I get it that God's pretty capable, and God created everything for one purpose, and that is to give of His good to man. So it sure does seem like Hashem blew it. Okay. Now, no, Hashem didn't blow it, no, yes, stay tuned for, for the answer, right, Hashem didn't blow it, no, Hashem didn't, but we're going to get there in a minute. Um, okay, so let's start with, with the world we live in, what was supposed to be, and what is now. Okay, Hashem created Adam Rishon. Adam Rishon was the Yitzir cup of the handcraft of Hashem. When Adamarishan opened his eyes, he had a fully loaded Wikipedia, meaning he understood everything in creation. He understood immediately, Hashem waited till Adam davened for rain until Hashem made rain. Meaning when he opened his eyes, Adam looked at it and saw a perfect world, animals, trees, birds. He saw it all and he recognized that everything was suspended because Hashem created the trees, Hashem created the grass, Hashem created everything, but it was held in check, waiting for man to ask. And when man would ask for rain, then Hashem would make it rain, because then man would recognize 
that Hashem is the giver, and man would then be able to be appreciative for what Hashem gave him. But what that means in plain, simple language is that when Adam Rishon opened his eyes, he fundamentally understood creation. He understood the reason for everything. As a matter of fact, his wisdom, we mentioned this before, his wisdom was phenomenal. Hashem said to the Malachim, let's create man. And the Malachim said, what is this man? Says Hashem, his wisdom is greater than your wisdom. And then when Hashem created him, he said to the Malachim, let me show you. He said to the Malachim, tell me the name of this. Tell me the name of this. Tell me the name of this. And the Malachim could not name them. And then Hashem calls Adam, tell me the name of this. Zuchamor, Zushor, Zugamal. This is a camel, this is a donkey, this is, this is a horse. Now, a name that we give is a label by convenience. In other words, I call this a table. Something with four legs and a thing on top that we eat on is a table. It's, it's, a, it's a reference, it's a, it's a label. It doesn't define the object, but it happens to conveniently refer to it. It's a good way, it's a good handle to, to use it. What Adam Rishon was doing was defining the essence of each animal with their name. The name Hamor defines the essence of the animal, the nature of the animal, its inclinations, its proclivities, the very essence of the animal. With one fell swoop, with one term, he defined the nature of each animal. When the Malachim saw this, they were astonished. They were blown away by his wisdom, by his just incredible understanding. Okay, now... Hashem put man in Gan Eden, and the purpose of creation was to share with Adam, to allow Adam to grow and accomplish, to allow him to be Kona, his own greatness, because it has to be earned. Maybe in a future session we'll discuss why it can't just be given, it has to be earned. And Adam was supposed to be in a situation where he could easily just earn his world to come, which was going to be Gan Eden, and in that state, grow and accomplish and be there forever. But wasn't he in Gan Eden? He, he was in, yes, in Gan Eden. He was born in Gan Eden. And in that state, he was able to reach higher levels of perfection. And once he would reach those higher levels of perfection, he would continue growing in that state for eternity, being able to continue grow more and more in that, in that perfected state. Okay, now, that's not what Adam Rishon did. When Adam Rishon ate from the eight sadas, so you know we learn you know he bit the apple. You have you see this Mac over here. <laughs> this is the apple, and don't think Steve Jobs was totally uh, innocent when he used that as his symbol, <coughs> the symbol of 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 the iPhone. But okay, anyway, um, <coughs> when we learn, you know, we assume that when Adam ate from the eight sadas, whatever he ate the chav here, have the apple. Oh, here's an apple. Okay. So I'd like to share with you, we're not going to discuss now why specifically he did it, but when he did it, he destroyed, ruined creation. Um, basically, what happened is, Hashem gave the keys of my sabreshes, the keys of creation to Adam, and said, this is your world. Pay careful attention. Don't ruin it. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Pay careful attention. Use the world properly, and it will flourish. It will become elevated and misuse it, and it will become destroyed. Now, Adam was given something that's very, very difficult for us to understand. It's called free will. Free will means he could go this way, he could go that way, and it's going to be his choice what to do. And he chose badly. Chava ate from Eitzadas, Adam ate from Eitzadas, and then Hashem decreed death. Now, the Derech Hashem explains to us 
that when Hashem decreed death on Adam, it's not because Hashem is punitive, Hashem is vengeful, oh, you disobeyed me, I'm going to... When Hashem created Adam, He gave him the ability to shape the world. In other words, he was to be not just a progenitor in the sense of the first man, but he was to be the creator of all future races, all races were to come from him, all future generations were to come from him. Um, and when he ate from the Yitzhadats, basically what he did was he incorporated everything into the essence of him and made himself very different. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, ladies, anyone here ever go on a diet? Okay, so maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. But okay, if you, one of your friends went on a diet, you may note that despite all of your best intentions and despite all your plans, it's a major challenge not to eat what you're not supposed to eat. Meaning, I make a decision. I'm not going to eat chocolate cake for the next two months. And that decision is rational, intelligent, and fine until the first piece of chocolate cake is put in front of me. Then it's, I want, I don't want, I do, I don't. I'm in tremendous contradiction. I want it, and I don't want it. That contradiction didn't exist by Adam Rishon. Adam Rishon was put in a state where his neshama, the I am speaking to you, <coughs> could shape his nefesh Bahami, could shape his animal soul, and literally, it was malleable. He could literally shape it. So for instance, in our example, if he decided he wanted to lose weight, he wouldn't have to go on a diet. He would just say to his nefesh Bahami, his animal soul, I want you no longer to crave carbohydrates. I want you to be satisfied with 2,000 calories a day, and I no longer want you to have cravings for sugar. And it would change. Now, the big deal wasn't that he could you know, curb his appetite. The big deal was that if he felt there was a tad too much anger, tad too much arrogance, and it was his, we're not malleable. We're not program- I, I wish. I cannot tell you how many times I've said, I wish I were programmable. If I could program myself, I promise you, I would be different. But I'm not. I'm not program. I can. We work on things very, very slowly. We work. We work, and slowly, slowly, we make little, little inroads. Adam Arishan was programmable. What do I mean by that? I mean to say that he could literally change the essence of him, will by by will by just will just by deciding. I no longer want this. I no longer want these thoughts. I no longer want these desires. They were gone. In other words, the, the state of utter contradiction that we constantly find ourselves in. Um, I, no human being alive today is not in a state of utter contradiction. The question is how much, how often, how far, but we're always conflicted. I want, I don't want, I do, I don't. I'm, this state of being that we're currently in was not originally part of creation. It wasn't part of creation, it wasn't supposed to be there. Adam Rishon was put and created in a state that he could literally create exactly what he was supposed to be, as he wanted to be, and would be that forever. Okay, when Adam ate from the Eitzadas, what he did was he incorporated the Nefesh Bahami into himself. Now for those who were here previous years, um, Nefesh Bahami, my animal soul, the, the all the instincts, drives, desires that are, are within me, so, if you'd like to understand the difference between Adam before the sin and after the sin, it's really quite simple. Imagine that I walk into the room wearing a bear costume. I have the claws and I'm wearing a bear costume, but I'm, I'm just me wearing a bear costume. I don't suddenly uh, want to eat, you know, claws and, and suddenly want to 
you know, eat raw fish. I'm, I'm, I'm a human being wearing the costume of a bear. When other Rishon started, he was a neshama wearing the skin of man, wearing the bear skin. But he wasn't the desires, he wasn't mixed in, he was completely abstract, completely separated. If there was a desire that came to him from his stomach, the stomach now is appealing to me to eat. Let me think if that is appropriate for my current state or not. Is that the correct food that I should be eating or not? Meaning, you see, now I'm hungry. Ah. After the sin, Adam became a bear. In other words, it was no longer that he wore the costume of a man, and the Nefesh Bahami became part of him. He became part of it, it became part of him, and he became one commingled amalgamation of this strange entity called us. We are very, very... Um, I don't want anybody to walk away here feeling psychologically uh, impaired. We are, we are conflicted, folks. Let's, let's be very blunt and very honest. We are conflicted. The state of being a human is... Is we're in conflict. I want, I don't want, I do, I don't. Anyone who's ever made up any decision to grow, to change in any area, <clears throat> invariably will find difficulty doing it. Whether it's laziness, whether it's uh, anger, whether it's frustration, whether you, there's always, <clears throat> I'm going to take on something. And then the next day I'm tired and I'm into it or whatever. Our, the state of our being is a state of utter conflict. That didn't exist by Adam Rishon. Adam and Chava, when they put into Gan Eden, were in a state of absolute clarity, absolute understanding, and their bare suit was something they wore, which they could easily shape, easily mold, and they could become very different. Now, when Adam sinned, what he did was he changed the very essence of creation, and now we're in a very different state. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. You'll excuse me. This is like the trailer for coming weeks. Basically, there was plan A and plan B. When Hashem created the world, plan A was for other Mauritian to be there, have children in that state, reach perfection in Gan Eden, grow and continue, and from there the world was supposed to be. After the sin, we have plan B. Plan B is, Hashem said, no longer can the world become perfect as it is, no longer can you perfect yourself, and now there has to be something called Misa, there has to be death. Now that there's death, what has to happen is the body that you now occupy has to go into the ground. I leave, I go to the Olam HaNeshamos. The Olam HaNeshamos is a, we'll call it a holding pen for Neshamos. I stay there a certain amount of time. And then, I'm put back into a body, resurrected, and in that new state, able to reach perfection again as before. So, after the sin, we now have three states. The state we're in now, Olam HaNeshamas, the world of HaNeshamas, and then resurrection of the dead, when we begin again. Now, um, let me stop for a moment. Um, ladies, does any of this sound familiar? Yeah, we learned Wow. Does this sound familiar? A little bit. A little bit? Does it sound familiar? Yeah. Does it sound familiar? Does it? So I... Okay, so because you were here from Mr. Sharon, you know this. Ask the average yeshiva educated person what's the difference between Trias uh, and Mashiach coming? What's the difference between Olam Haba and Trias What's the difference between Olam and Shamos? And, and, and uh, ask them any of this stuff. 
and I guarantee you're going to get a, 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 a Okay, I, I, I taught in yeshiva enough years to know you're not going to get intelligent answers uh, to the question. You can ask almost any <coughs> question to the yeshiva boys, you'll get that answer. On. <laughs> <laughs> it's also true. Um, Rabbi, if when, um, when Adam was created, let's say he didn't have this conflict, right. but he had brief was the time from his creation until he... Not very long at all. Not very long at all. Um, it was quick-paced. You know the, you know the movie, the movie that, uh, you know, 24 hours in, in the life of someone? This was not quite 24. It wasn't quite 24 hours. It was not a very long period at all. Um, now, we're not discussing at all whether what Hashem wanted and whether Hashem wanted this to happen or not. Oh, yeah? What's the answer to that? I asked it because he said the whole Torah is based on our life now. And you said, so Hashem wrote it in knowing that this was going to happen. Somebody's paying attention. At a time. (laughs) Why does Hashem want plan B then if Hashem wanted plan A? Because we never would have grown without it. Right, I'm assuming. I mean, there was no okay. Hard for Adam. So. Well, there was, but you see, <laughs> all right. I, I don't want to give away all the answers because. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give away all the answers because then we'll have nothing to talk about for the future. No, but Adam also had schar for working on himself. He was in Ghana. If he didn't have a Yitzhar, so how did he blow it? Because his wife convinced him. It was an outside. It was the outside. It was the what? outside Good, so he had some Yitzhar outside, inside. But good, but he. It doesn't have the same force as it has on us. What's that? Huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, we'll just Lena will discuss in future. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have your your bear costume. Yeah. That he was so he was completely separate from his Yitzhar. You're saying so. Then right. How did he blow it if he didn't have a Yitzhar? Okay, so <clears throat> what exactly he intended to do is we could discuss. Um, Basically, he felt that if he were incorporated with the inside the bear itself, not not wearing a costume, he would be able to reach higher levels of because he'd be more challenged. He'd be able to reach higher levels of kedusha, be able to change himself more. Um, and he made just one mistake, and that mistake was not trusting God. Because um, Hashem told them not to. It, it, you know, it's a it's a complex. Um, I'd rather not deal with it now. The why exactly? Because, again, because I want to leave some. You know, this is the trailer. I want to leave some stuff for the future sessions. Otherwise, I have no you know nothing to do. Um, but but let's for a moment let, let's take it for for granted that a he was. Wearing a bear costume meaning he was outside it. Nevertheless, there was some real, actual free will. He could either go this way or go that way. What exactly the challenge is, again, we'll, we'll discuss um, in, in the future, but there really was a challenge. And when he blew it, he changed the creation. Basically, he incorporated himself into the bear, became the bear, and now we are in this state from there on in. Again, because he was the progenitor, meaning everyone's coming from him, that decision um, affects all future generations. And now, 
and now we need three states. Now we need the current state, Olam Neshamas, when I separate, and the holding pen, and come back into Tzchiyas Mason, which is a rebuilt world, which we can then reach perfection um, for which we were created. Yes? When Adam and Chavar kicked out, they already had three kids. Yes. All those three kids were born after the hate? Um, those three kids were born... You're asking a good question. One second. It was before or after. I think you stumped the rabbi. Wow. What do you get for that? There's like a five dollars, ten dollars. Have a pen. Have a pen. Um, I don't recall. We don't have the tissue box. I don't recall. I, I hear what you're asking, and it might be five bucks. Um, I hear what you're asking, and I do not know. I don't remember. I um, Bracious is a long time ago. I don't forget. We're up to. Come on, it's already it's Vayetze now. Come on, yeah, come on. It's like seven weeks, eight weeks. So um, it's a good question. But um, either it meant it affected everyone else, or they were born after. I, I don't. Again, I, I don't recall. But um, but the point being that this world that we live in now was not supposed to be the plan A. Now. Here's really the question. Um, if the world that we live in now um, is not plan A, but plan B, so let's deal with the question, why... The, isn't Hashem kind of smart? Didn't Hashem kind of know what was going to happen? And more than that, um, why do I have to suffer because of Adam's dumb sin? He messes up and i got to suffer now, you know? And didn't you already say that Hashem is like in all time, so he's like... Right, so Hashem was, knows what he's going to do. So like, why set him up? Like, you know he's going to blow it. You know he's going to mess up. Why might set him up? That's a failure. Right, exactly. The fact, the fact that, we have to, that we have to struggle with it is because we are a creation of the new creation, not of what Adam was. So therefore we have the same... We we yeah. have all the right the DNA from, from the new crea- from what when Adam Plan B right from Plan B so that's right. how we <clears throat> okay so I'll explain to you what the huge 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 advantage of Plan B is has anyone here ever made a mistake no come on honestly really guys yeah my husband oh. does. <laughs> Where's that book? Oh, we got to plug the book. Ten really dumb mistakes. That but those, are those mistakes <laughs> yours? <laughs> Everything my wife taught me is in that book. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so if you've ever made a mistake, slipped up, messed up, done something wrong, you know there's something called tshuva. Tshuva did not exist by other Mauritian. Why? Because such clarity of vision, such understanding, and such perf- such perfection, there's no shoulder to the road. You mess up, it's over. And the proof of the pudding is, it's almost like Hashem saying, would you like to see what a world in, in utter imperfection looks like? Adam Rishon slipped up one time, and death was decreed for the world, working for man, pain of labor for women. The, whole, the world literally was destroyed. Because of one sin, one man, one time. Because in a world of perfection, there's no shoulder to the road, there's no room to slip up, and the concept of a tshuva doesn't exist. By the way, Mesut Sharm explains, if, if din were an operation, any sin, any sin would be instant death, no tshuva. Meaning, <coughs> watch it, it's very simple. Shem created us for one reason, to give to us, to share with us. And Hashem gave us a Torah for our benefit. <coughs> do the mitzvahs that will benefit you, don't do the errors, and don't. 
but more than that, Hashem is present in every particle of physicality. As we discussed last sessions, if this table is here, then Hashem is here keeping in existence. Okay. More than that, Hashem is keeping me in existence. The fact that my skin remains where it is, the fact that my bones are here. If Hashem were ever angry with someone in a real sense, Hashem wouldn't have to bring a nuclear holocaust. Hashem would cease infusing energy into that person, and that person would cease to be. So watch this. Hashem created me, keeps me in existence, and gave me mitzvahs for my benefit, created me only for one reason, because He wants me to, to do good, and then I take the very hand that he holds, that he's keeping in existence, I take that hand and I slap him in the face. I say, God, you want me to do that? You want me to? I'm doing this. You want me not to do this? I am doing it. Meaning, the, the audacity for a human being to actually violate the will of Hashem, there'd be one punishment and one punishment only. Instant death, truth will be... And that was the world that Adam Rishon was created in. In that world, there would be very few people who would be successful, very elite people, maybe a few. A Moshe Mena would make it, or a Kiveger maybe, but, but very, very few. And everyone else will be... But there was no death. Hashem only created death after. Understood. But Hashem could have created plan B. Hashem could have created plan A. The reason why Hashem made it the way it was is plan A... Hashem, ideally, Hashem would want plan A. Why? Because plan A, you're cute, you're alert, you're sharp, do what's right. The problem is, most people would just, no shoulder to the road, fall off, and the vast majority of us wouldn't make it. So therefore, Hashem allowed Adam to be in plan A, knowing Adam would mess up, and now you're in plan B. Plan B, there's a tremendous amount of shoulder to the road. Why? Because I don't see Hashem, I don't understand things, I forget, I get confused. I'm, I'm not wearing a bear costume, I'm in the bear. I get hungry, I get tired, I get cranky, I, and I... So there's a tremendous amount of of room for mitigating circumstances, and yeah, and there's Rahman, it's because he didn't realize the consequences, and he didn't under, you know what I'm saying? It's all supposed to be able to compare and contrast plan B to plan A. Right. Maybe Look it wasn't at, really plan A, maybe it was just like, I'm showing you this, and you right. see right away why it doesn't work, and why the world has to be the way it was, because otherwise you could be in the world and then say, well, why, why weren't we creating perfection, well, we were, and it didn't work. Right. This is how I can give the most to <clears throat> Right. You. Now, I'm, I'm saying, I'm calling it plan A and plan B, because really plan B was the plan A. You're right. But <clears throat> but you go through the process and ex- see what happens. Adam Rishon, plan A, perfection. Uh-oh, blows it. Uh-oh, plan B. And now plan B is the, what Hashem wanted. Why? Because again, in plan B, there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of confusion, but because of that, there's also an awful lot of tolerance, an awful lot of room for tshuva, there's an awful lot of room for, <clears throat> again, mitigating circumstances, mitigating reasons, mitigating <clears throat> rationales, because it, it's a vastly different world. Um, so, um, all of this, um, is anybody confused yet? Not yet. I don't follow plan A. Good. Oh, plan A you don't follow? Okay, it doesn't matter because we're in plan B. Okay, meaning what? I think we're up with plan Z, but... It's perfect. I was like, it's perfect. It's perfect. You can't mess up. You can't appreciate it. So, perfect me... Okay, so let's start the other way. For a reason that we're not going to discuss now, Hashem felt that man has to choose his destiny. He can't just be created like an automaton, a robot. He has to be the one to choose. So he gave Adam the capacity to choose. Choose either greatness, or choose, but, but it's your choice. Now it has to be a choice. It has to be an even choice, and he has to be able to choose. 
And this is plan A. You're in the world, the perfect world. You're fully acute. You understand everything. You're fully alert and aware of all consequences. And yet there's there's a pull potentially for you to misstep or go the right way. Um, so that that is plan A. That is perfection in a sense. Had had it been um, different, had Adam chose differently, he would have been forever perfect and, and grown and enjoyed that state and gone on forever. Um, but so are we good? With, is that so? Now plan A again, in theory, is much better. In theory, it's much more uh, appealing. But again, the problem is that one step off, and you're toast. And so what, so what happened? From what from what you're I really don't understand what you're saying is that Adarishon had doing that bear bear coat that he said. So basically, the bear coat became part of him, and saying that death basically is the separation of the bear coat and he became and the body. So like then and then the shama going back to the Omamis and Tchiasamesim. Eventually, the shama coming back into a yoga. Right, similar to the Marisha before the sin, but but then, <coughs> but then what? So then you're saying will during Tchiasamesim will we go back to A? No, so we go back to A, but you already did the work. And as you're choosing, and your your destiny has been determined by your time here. You were given the choices here, opportunity to shape yourself into, and the choices you make here are what you are for eternity. When you put back in 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 Tchiasamesim, then you're instantly able to reach perfection. You're no longer challenged because you've reached that already and you're able to thereby perfect yourself in that state and and enjoy that for, for eternity. I have a question. Yeah. Can we go back to I understand why Adam destroyed himself. Why did he also destroy the world? So because Hashem gave him the, the keys to my liberations. This world is your world. Do with it what you will. You're the father of the, the world. You are the, the, the first couple were the parents of the world. Now again, understanding that Hashem knew what was going to happen, understanding that Hashem really wanted Plan B because Plan B really is better. Uh, you know, I think everything becomes extreme weather. Like you said originally, the whole world would have been like Hawaii. I prefer that. Why did the weathers have to change? Why did the whole world? That, the whole by the way, that was only after Noah. That was a marble. Only a marble. We still could have had Hawaii. We still had ten generations that messed everything. Yeah. Ah, so it wasn't even Adam that destroyed the world. No, no. Your complaint is not against Adam. Your complaint. Right. Right. Let's let's know who our complaints lodge. Only somebody. Someone destroyed. There's always somebody to blame. That's what you need in life. You need three things in life, right? Food, clothing, and someone to blame. We come so far in the world was. So messed up before us. It's like there's nothing we could possibly do. I mean, oh, oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just when you think you can, it just keeps getting worse. That's it. Also, another question. Yeah. Why did Hashem create Malachim? What's their purpose? Okay, so <clears throat> this is not for tonight's discussion, but everything in existence, everything in existence, was created to serve man. Everything, from the highest to the lowest, everything in between. Um, <clears throat> why? Well, well, there's more. Coming attractions. So is man created to serve God? You said no a few weeks no, ago. No, no. Man is not created to... The reason why Hashem created man was not to serve him. Hashem doesn't need anything. Hashem doesn't need servants or people to bow down to him, or people to sing praise to him. Hashem needs nothing. Hashem created us to give to us. Now, we, I don't, again, future coming attractions, the way that one earns his world to come, the way one grows... Well, I, I don't want to... 
No, I, I don't want to. But go back to Masil Shashur. Man was created to take pleasure in Hashem. Right, exactly. So that's man's purpose in creation. That's the reason why Hashem Hashem's creation, reason for creation was to give. Right. Hashem created the world for one reason, to give of his good to another, that man. <clears throat> Meaning, so why was man created? To enjoy Hashem's <clears throat> the proximity, to enjoy that closeness, to enjoy, to bask in Hashem's glory. That, that's ultimate, the ultimate good, the ultimate pleasure. So <clears throat> it's, it's consistent, but again, we're starting here from the... Uh, you know, from the from again thirty five thousand feet. Why did Hashem create anything? Why did Hashem create? Meaning, you have to understand. You know, Pita has it just a little bit, um, a little bit backwards. Um, you know, Pita's world. We're all just occupants of the same planet. Some animals walk on two legs. Some on four. Um, sorry, guys, you, you got it a little bit upside down. Everything in creation, everything from the grass to the angels, to the giraffes, to, to the constellations were created because Hashem wanted to give to man. <clears throat> and this world, everything in it, is here to serve humans. That, that's, that's the... Per- in other words, we're not like, uh, you know, we're not like important, we're not like um, pretty important, primary, central, pivotal, the, the reason for everything. So it's... Um, if, we had a, if we had a real understanding of our role in creation, we'd be like, wow... Meaning, the, the biggest Balgaivan, or the most arrogant buffoon you've ever seen, sells himself so short, because you see the way Chazal describe a human's importance, and, and that Hashem would, more than that, that Hashem created the entire cosmos for two people, for Adam and Chava alone, and for a reason, for us to know that, that, that that's the importance of man. Um, okay, now, just a, a little warning. What I did tonight was very... Um, um, out of um, out of character. Ask my wife, do I ever speak off the cuff? You're supposed to say, go like this, go no. <laughs> go no, no. I'm, I'm always like so prepared, I always prepare every, it's it's rare that I um, I go off even at the iota. Um, I don't know what happened tonight, but I had, um, it was really because I was, I was originally preparing an entire shia that didn't come out. So <clears throat> what came out tonight was just I mean, it's literally trailers of coming attractions. Really, we went through the first three parochim and kind of like great, you know, from from high up. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll say it as an apology, only because it's it's not the way I usually do it. But I, I think it's good because it gave us a certain overview of what's going to come. So as we, in coming weeks, we'll kind of flesh it out and go through the steps of this a little bit more in detail, and we'll get a much better um a much much better understanding of before, after, during, and and a lot of the details in uh, thereof. All right. Yep. Thank you very much. Raise your hand if you lost. Do you understand that? You know, respectfully, I think. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now let me, let's let's lay the ground rules. There's only one question that you're not allowed to ask here. No, no. Yeah, questions are good. <laughs> questions are good. Questions are fine. And I, and I please ask. So the answer is yes. I, the reason why you feel that way is because I blew it. No, now no, explain no, to what I mean. It doesn't matter what you were saying. It's more of an innate type of, you know. You see, I spent. I don't want to tell you how much time I've spent in the Derech Hashem. And, and each step, as we work it out, you'll see. That's why I, I really don't like to do this, um, and I wouldn't have done it, um, because 
when you hear it from 35,000 feet, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't quite resonate because you don't get the, the pieces. As we go through it step by step, I think you'll see it much more and you'll like, oh, I get it now. I, I, I think you'll... Um, the mama well it should it's the same author and it's you know the same what, what the Derach Hashem is sort of like the Mesil Sharm expanded greatly in detail there are many many things that when you read the Mesil Sharm you're just not, not going to know you're just going to be like what's he doing like, and you read the Derach Hashem oh oh oh, oh. And it's, it's much more expansive much more detailed um, this whole business that we discuss isn't in Mesil Sharm there's no mention of Tris Mason I mentioned, I mean, Olam Neshama, you know, you can read Mesut Neshama and assume that Olam Neshama, we leave, the body's put on the ground, that's forever, eternity, we're, we're just Neshamas forever. In fact, many years as a Bach, when I learned Mesut Neshama originally, that's my, my perception, that was my understanding. Until you get to Derech Hashem, then you realize that that's not quite how what he meant. So far you missed nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone's curious, if you'd like to, to get the, the, the past two and a half years, you go to the Musavad. So I recorded 30, 34 shiurim, and basically record them all. Um, it was a lot better to do it that way, because then we were relaxed, and then after the next day I would record it. I went downstairs and recorded it. So it's, it's on the Shmuz website, you can find the Musavad, and you'll see it's the first parak, second parak, third and fourth parak uh, of Mesut Sharm, right there on, on, you go to type in the Musavad, and then you can review it. And you can say, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. Or you can ask her for her notes. Right. <laughs> right, that's right, 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 right. Okay, folks, good. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.